In last week's group, I spoke about having a sublime attitude, an attitude of loving-kindness. I want to spend a little bit more time this week and maybe even next week on talking about attitude. I haven't talked about attitude, which of course is one way of thinking about mind. Uh, haven't really talked about attitude specifically so much recently. Uh, in the past I've talked about it. Uh, in reflecting on, uh, on attitude and being mindful of attitude, I'm reminded of the importance of this aspect of mindfulness. It's a very, very, very important uh, aspect of mindfulness, the mindfulness that we need to bring to our experience. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about mindfulness of emotions, talk about mindfulness of thinking, It's not a contest, but I would submit to you that being mindful of attitude is probably even more important than being mindful of emotions. Where uh, again, it's not a contest, it's not so much a matter of being more important, but we tend to kind of put all of our focus on mindfulness of emotions, uh, like discrete emotions, like you have to do something and you feel anxious or somebody does something that you don't like and you feel anger. You know, these emotions that arise at different times, some of them are more fleeting, uh, are more uh, uh, free-floating, I should say, and they kind of conduce to attitude uh, or attitude gives rise to these emotions, but uh, you could say that in terms of mental state, having a mental state, attitude is more prevalent, right? Sort of like we always have an attitude. You know, there's always some attitude unless perhaps we are uh, asleep or uh, in a checked out state, a deluded state, but uh, which we usually go into because, you know, the attitude, the quality of attitude is, is difficult for us. Uh, so attitude is very prevalent. When you come to a class like this, like right now, each of you is bringing an attitude or in this moment there's a certain attitude that we all have. You may not be experiencing a very noticeable, discrete emotion, but there's a quality of attitude that you have that tends to be very habitual, right? You bring a certain attitude to certain things. Uh, and, you know, we tend to have certain habitual attitudes, primary attitudes uh, that we bring to our experience. So it's very important to be able to be aware of our attitude, to be aware of our attitude. I, in part, wanted to talk about this today and kind of 
talk about it a little bit more uh, as kind of uh, a process of uh, exploring what it is to develop a sublime attitude and how we want to learn to have a sublime attitude in all of our actions. And of course, uh, what we have to understand is that in order to have a sublime attitude, you know, we really need to see what kind of attitude is there, right? So, so of course we want to cultivate a sublime attitude of loving kindness, uh, but our capacity to develop a sublime attitude of loving kindness or compassion depends in large part on seeing what the attitude is in any moment. What's the attitude like? Uh, so we can certainly make an effort wherever we are, whatever we're doing, if it's in this moment right now, to cultivate an attitude of loving kindness or compassion. But if we're bringing to this moment or to whatever we're doing, some kind of an attitude, an unskillful attitude, which we invariably we are, uh, it's going to be more difficult for us to uh, develop a full-fledged attitude of loving kindness. I mean, I've always used this analogy of the cup, the famous cup, right? You know, if the cup is filled with an attitude of negativity, you know, uh, it's going to be very hard for us to, or an attitude of, uh, displeasure or discouragement or despair or fill in the blank, you know, uh, it's going to be very hard to fill, to put in any loving kindness or compassion into this cup, right? The cup is filled to the top, so you have to kind of pour a little bit of that discouragement, displeasure, uh, worry, fear, uh, you know, whatever it is, despair, negativity out of the cup. We have to pour a little out of the cup. We have to, and basically you pour it out by seeing what's there, bringing awareness to it, which is what I'm going to talk about today. So, uh, I was trying to think of, uh, you know, uh, metaphors that might, uh, uh, that might relate uh, more elegantly to the notion of attitude uh, than the cup. Uh, you know, I don't know if I came up with anything, but uh, but I'll throw a few things out there. I mean, one is like you know, if you're wearing a particular set of clothes, you know, you're wearing a shirt and a pair of pants and socks and so forth. Uh, you know, and if we, we think of that metaphorically as our attitude, uh, if we want to change our attitude, you know, to a more an attitude of loving kindness, let's say, uh, we wouldn't put on a shirt over the shirt that we're wearing and put it on a pair of pants over the pair of pants that we're wearing and put a pair of socks on, you know, but that's kind of what we're doing uh, if we don't see what our attitude is, get some space from it, and then bring in a skillful attitude. Or perhaps even a, a better analogy might be, uh, you know, the wallpaper. I always talk about the wallpaper in my grandmother's kitchen. You know, it's like if you want to put up you know, if the wallpaper in your kitchen, I don't know, people don't really do wallpaper nowadays, do they? You know, that was kind of a thing growing up in the suburbs. People had their wallpaper. You know, it was a big deal. I remember in our house, the wallpaper, you know. So anyway, 
uh, I, I digress. Uh, so, you know, if you have wallpaper in your kitchen and it's old, like our attitudes are, you know, uh, old and worn and, you know, deeply ingrained, you know, we think it is the kitchen wall. Of course it isn't, it's the wallpaper on the kitchen wall. Uh, but if we have wallpaper that's old and curling and cracked, you know, and you want to put up new wallpaper, you don't put the old, new wallpaper over the old wallpaper, right? That's obviously not going to work uh, so well, right? You take off the old wallpaper, and that's kind of like what we need to do with attitude. You know, we need to kind of see what the attitude is, uh, you know, if we really want to develop uh, a skillful attitude, a new attitude that's skillful. So it's important that we learn to abandon our habitual attitudes, find freedom from our habitual attitudes. And the way that we do that is it's very simple in the Buddhist teaching. I mean, the beauty of the Buddhist teaching is it's very simple. Simple, but it's not easy. Simple, but it's not easy. I mean, that would be a good subtitle for the Buddhist teaching. The Buddhist Dharma, simple, but not easy. Uh, it's very simple to find freedom from our habitual attitudes. You have to see them. You know, you have to see them. You have to learn to bring awareness. We find freedom from our habitual attitudes by bringing awareness to our attitudes. So, but we have to bring awareness to our attitudes in real time, uh, with space, with equanimity. If we can bring uh, awareness to our attitudes in real time with space, with equanimity, acceptance, not trying to change the attitude, but bring awareness to it, then there can be wisdom, you know? And wisdom is how we free ourselves from our attitudes, but it's not intellectual wisdom. It's not intellectual wisdom, it's the wisdom in the heart. So, uh, you know, this way of finding freedom from our attitude, habitual attitudes through seeing through clear seeing is really very different than uh, analyzing our attitudes, right? So, you know, in psychology, you know, psychotherapy, and again, this isn't a knock on psychotherapy, it's a different modality, that's all. We may be analyzing our attitudes and trying to figure out why we have these attitudes and what they are and where they come from and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of cogitating uh, on our attitudes, a lot of thinking about our attitudes. Uh, a lot of books have been written about that stuff. You know, A lot of people have gone to a lot of fancy colleges to study attitudes. Uh, the Buddha, in the Buddhist teaching, we find freedom from our attitudes just by bringing awareness to them. You, know, you don't need to go to any fancy college uh, because you already have the wisdom uh, that's required to find freedom from your attitudes in your heart, in your citta. You already have this wisdom. But our tendency, you know, of course, is to want to analyze the attitudes and figure out the attitudes that we have. Or not, not do anything. But, you know, we start to say, well, maybe my attitude isn't so good. I need to... I need to really dig into why this is, 
which could take, you know, a really long time and, you know, with varying results in, in analyzing attitudes. And again, it's not a knock on doing that, but in our practice, we're just bringing awareness. So, so it's a lot simpler, right? It's a lot simpler, but it's not so easy because it requires, you know, being able to see things in real time, uh, you know, with space and, you know, the hard part is we have to develop that ability to be able to see things in real time with space, which means we have to develop our meditation so that we develop this ability to see clearly. Uh, so, you know, it's challenging to see things clearly. It's challenging. There's many challenges in seeing what our attitudes are, uh, you know, in part because attitude is so habitual it's so habitual, uh, it's so ingrained that it's subtle. It's subtle. It's not like a strong emotion. You know, it's not like you came to this class or, you know, you come to this class and you're feeling really angry. You know, you're angry because I'm not talking about what you want me to talk about or whatever. And you feel that strong anger, you know. Now, that anger might be a little bit easier to notice, you know. Or maybe you're sitting here in this class and you're really anxious about something. And that anxiety, maybe, you know, you, you notice that anxiety, that kind of, you know, uh, jaggedy emotion. Easier to notice than an attitude, right? You know, you could sit here for an hour and a half in the class with an emotion, with an attitude, and not really notice it. Now, of course, part of the reason is that we're not trained to notice, we're not resolved to notice, that's why I'm giving the Dharma talk, to encourage you to notice these things, uh, but, but these things are very subtle, right? These attitudes are very subtle, uh, so we might be more inclined to notice a strong emotion that arises, but an attitude that we've been carrying around with us kind of all our lives, they're habitual, they're ingrained, we kind of take them for granted. like you walk into your grandmother's kitchen, you know, it's like you don't even notice the wallpaper, to use a metaphor that I've often used, you know, the wallpaper's been there for like 60 years in grandma's kitchen, you know, it's just, I don't even notice it, right, I don't even notice it. You know, so that's kind of like what attitude is like, we sort of take it for granted, and, and you know, you know, part of that uh, dynamic is that, you know, we're I'd so identified with it. We're so identified with it. So it's sort of like, you know, we really ascribe self to attitude. This is who I am. This is my personality, if you will. You know, so, you know, part of this taking it for granted is that we're, you know, we're identified with the attitude. We think it's who we are. So why am I going to notice it? It's just who I am any different than, oh, wow, you know, look at your hair. This is, you know, wow, I'm going to bring mindfulness to my hair today. You know, I'm going to bring mindfulness to the size of my ears, you know? You know, no, it's like, you know, I'm going to bring mindfulness to, you know, you know, the size of my fingers, you know, or the shape of my thumb. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, I've been walking around with these things all my life. Why am I going to all of a sudden bring mindfulness to them? It's kind of the same way with attitude. Right? It's like, this is who I am. I'm a fill-in-the-blank person. 
You know, I'm a, I'm a negative person. I'm a, I'm a person who worries a lot. I'm a, you know, I'm sad. I'm, I'm giddy. I'm whatever I am, right? You know, this is, this is who I am. So, you know, we, we, we think it's who we are, you know? so we don't really pay that much attention to it. Any more than you'd get up in the morning, it's like, oh, wow, you know, I've got brown hair, you know, this is really interesting, you know, it's like. Attitude. Uh, is largely a more subtle bodily quality. It's a felt quality, right? It's a subtle felt quality. It's a felt sense, right? It's a felt sense. So right now everybody has a felt sense, whether you know it or not, whether you're able to discern it in this moment or not, right now everybody has a felt sense of being here. There's some felt quality of attitude in regard to being here or whatever else is going on. Uh, this felt sense is quite subtle, right? It's quite subtle, you know? So, you know, it may, it may conduce to some thoughts in the mind or a stronger emotion, but for the most of the time, attitude is a bodily experience, a felt sense in the body. It's a mental quality in the body. Uh, you know, neuroscience is telling us more about these things that may or may not be helpful in terms of discerning attitude. You know, that we experience uh, these me this mental sense in the body. Uh, so it's this felt sense, this subtle, and, you know, it's not noticed. You know, it's not noticed. We don't, we don't have awareness of it because we don't have mindfulness of the body. Our awareness of the body is not developed, is not developed, and this is why we don't notice, and this is why it's so hard to notice attitude, really, and to see what our attitude is, is because we don't have mindfulness of the body. We don't have mindfulness of the body. We're all above the head here, right? We're not down in here, which is where we discern attitude. So, uh, so, you know, and then, you know, it's, 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 of course, it's a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle because, you know, you know, we have, you know, this attitude, uh, which is a mental quality, is a quality that uh, uh, has ingrained itself into us through our clinging and our holding on to it, you know, so we've just, you know, I mean, it's really a very profound manifestation of clinging. You know, we're holding on to these out. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you think it's hard to give up your anger or your worry about saying, try to give up your attitude. It's like, that's the last thing you really want to give up. You've been clinging so tightly to it because it's sort of how you identify yourself in the world. You know, I'm this kind of person, even if it's painful. So, you know, so when we're clinging to our attitude, when we're holding on to these attitudes, it's like, you know, we're cut off, you know, we're in a state of clinging, you know, we're in a, uh, a state in which we're cut off from the body when we're clinging. We're not present, we're not awake, we're in a state of non-awareness. 
So it's kind of an interesting thing, right? So, you know, when we are so beholden and holding on to our attitudes, you know, we're generally in a state of non-awareness, of ignorance, of Egypt, of Egypt, a state of non-awareness. So it's all very subtle, right? It's all very subtle. So the key really to seeing your attitude, you know, the key to really seeing your attitude uh, is developing mindfulness of the body. Developing mindfulness of the body. Little by slowly you develop mindfulness of the body. Little by slowly you're able to see what your attitudes are and let go of that holding on to those attitudes. So, this mindfulness of the body is so important to develop. And, uh, you know, as we emphasize, uh, you know, it's so important to develop a full body awareness. You know, this is why it's so important to develop a full body awareness. You know, it's like, you know, I think we think, we tend to think that we're trying to develop this full body awareness in the meditation because it's pleasurable, you know, and, we, and it gives us a pleasurable abiding, but in and of itself, uh, I don't think that's enough of a motivation for people to develop full body awareness, most people. From my experience, I don't think it's enough of motivation for me to develop full body awareness, as pleasurable as it is. Uh, and it's certainly not, you know, I mean, it's, it's one benefit of full body awareness, but it's not, the, it's not the culminating or most important benefit. The most important benefit of full body awareness is that it enables you to develop wisdom. You know, if you have full body awareness, you're able to be able, you're able to be, you're able to be mindful of the mind. You're able to be mindful of the mind if you have full body awareness. You're able specifically to be mindful of attitude. So, you know, in step three in the meditation, which I went through a little bit today, you know, we're developing full body awareness, right? We're developing full body awareness. Uh, so, uh, uh, very, very important to learn to develop this full body awareness and then to maintain it in all postures. To maintain it in all postures. If you're always up here in the head, you're never going to really be able to discern what your attitude is. I mean, you can go to therapy and analyze it, which has some value, you know, but you're still up here in the head. Uh, you know, you need to be able, I mean, therapy was very useful for me because I could start to uh, intellectually identify what my attitudes were. Uh, they didn't really change so much, but that helped me be able to identify them in the body. But I needed to develop that skill of being able to identify them in the body in real time as I went through my, my daily postures. So I needed to develop the meditation so the essence of seeing our attitudes is seeing the felt sense. Seeing, being aware of the felt sense, right? Being aware of the felt sense, like the felt sense right now that you have of your attitude in this moment. 
an attitude of weariness. Uh, another Sunday morning, another Dhamma class, another another life. One is, you know, whatever the attitude is, it's being aware uh, of the felt sense is our practice. Seeing it in the body. Seeing it in the body. The Buddha was very clear about this. You know, if you can develop mindfulness of the body, you can develop wisdom. You can develop wisdom. He said, without mindfulness of the body, wisdom won't develop. Transcendent wisdom won't develop. He said, you can study the Dhamma. You can, you know, you can be a, an academic master of the Dhamma. You know, you can know every sutta. And every teaching the Buddha gave, it's not going to free you if you don't have mindfulness of the body. If you can't see what your experience is in real time with space, equanimity, acceptance. So I think I put some of those passages of the Buddha's in the notes where he said, simply talking a lot blame me for that. Simply talking a lot doesn't maintain the Dhamma. Whoever, although he's heard next to nothing, sees the Dhamma through his body, is not heedless of the Dhamma. He's the one who maintains the Dhamma. So our practice is to develop transcendent wisdom. You know, the wisdom that comes from clear seeing, not intellectual wisdom. That wisdom is not going to enable us to find freedom from our attitudes. You know, when we are able to you know, see clearly, we develop this transcendent wisdom. We see that you know, when I hold on to these attitudes, there's dukkha. There's dukkha. My heart's blocked off. We see clearly that we don't have to hold on. I mean, that's really, you know, that's, 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 the, that's the pivotal moment of wisdom is when we see that we don't have to hold on, that these attitudes are not who we are, they're not self, they don't have to be held on to. And we see, when we see clearly, with space, with equanimity, with acceptance, we see that when we do let go, you know, in those moments of clear seeing, when there's some space, there's some letting go, we see what, when we let go, you know, what freedom is like. You know, there's peace, there's ease, there's a connection to the heart. We see that when we let go of these attitudes, we're awake. We're, we're coming, we see what it's like to come out of the dream. Mm -hmm. We see that when we let go of these attitudes, we have the capacity to live from the heart and to know happiness of heart. So this is our practice to to see these attitudes, to bring awareness to our attitudes in real time with space, not having to try to do anything or try to figure them out. You don't have to figure them out. You don't have to like, what did he say in the Dhamma talk? It's a simple practice, not easy. Part of why it's difficult is we want to think about it. That's part of why it's difficult, right? We want to analyze it. Part of why we want to analyze it is because we want to get rid of it. You know, we don't have the power to 
abandon it. You know, the heart will let go. The heart will let go if you give it an opportunity to understand by just bringing awareness to the attitudes that you're holding on to. And we're all holding on to them. The Buddha and his teaching often, uh, you know, so it's an ongoing practice. You know, it's not like, well, this afternoon I'm going to see my most prevalent attitude. By tomorrow, I'm going to be free of it. You know, I probably won't even come next week. You know, you know? the Buddha and in his instructions, you know, says again and again, be heedful, ardent, and resolute. Heedful, ardent, and resolute. So heedful of your attitudes, paying attention, seeing how you're holding on to these attitudes. Ardent, staying with it, keep doing it over time, and be resolute, be resolved to this mindfulness. If you're resolved to this mindfulness, this will uh, really support you uh, greatly in your efforts to know a greater happiness and to know the true happiness that's available to you in this life.